Our first reading for today is from the 23rd chapter of Numbers. And God met Balaam, and Balaam said to him, I have arranged the seven altars, and I have offered on each altar a bull and a ram. And the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak, and thus you shall speak. And he returned to him, and behold, he and all the princes of Moab were standing beside his burnt offering. And Balaam took up his discourse and said, From Aram Balak has brought me, the king of Moab from the eastern mountains. Come, curse Jacob for me, and come, denounce Israel. How can I curse whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? For from the top of the crags I see him, from the hills I behold him. Behold, a people dwelling alone and not counting itself among the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob or number the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the upright and let my end be like his. And Balak said to Balaam, What have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies, and behold, you have done nothing but bless them. And he answered and said, Must I not take care to speak what the Lord puts in my mouth? And Balak said to him, Please come with me to another place from which you may see them. You shall see only a fraction of them and shall not see them all. Then curse them for me from there. And he took him to the field of Zophim, to the top of Pisgah, and built seven altars and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Balaam said to Balak, Stand here beside your burnt offering while I meet the Lord over there. And the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, Return to Balak, and thus you shall you speak. And he came to him, and behold, he was standing beside his burnt offering, and the princes of Moab with him. And Balak said to him, What has the Lord spoken? And Balaam took up his discourse and said, Rise, Balak, and hear. Give ear to me, O son of Zippor. God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? Behold, I received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot revoke it. He has not beheld misfortune in Jacob, nor has he seen trouble in Israel. The Lord their God is with them, and the shout of a king is among them. God brings them out of Egypt, and is for them like the horns of the wild ox. For there is no enchantment against Jacob, no divination against Israel. Now it shall be said of Jacob and Israel, What has God wrought? Behold a people, as a lioness it rises up, and as a lion it lifts itself. It does not lie down until it has devoured the prey and drunk the blood of the slain. And Balak said to Balaam, Do not curse them at all and do not bless them at all. But Balaam answered Balak, Did I not tell you all that the Lord says, that I must do? And Balak said to Balaam, Come now, I will take you to another place. Perhaps it will please God that you may curse them for me from there. 
So Balak took Balaam to the top of Peor, which overlooks the desert. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the 22nd chapter of Luke. While he was still speaking, there came a crowd, and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, No more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and officers of the temple and elders who had come out against him, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Now the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him as they beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him, Prophesy, who is it that struck you? And they said many other things against him, blaspheming him. When day came, the assembly of the elders of the people gathered together, both chief priests and scribes, and they led him away to their council. And they said, if you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, if I tell you, you will not believe. And if I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. So they all said, Are you the Son of God then? And he said to them, You say that I am. Then they said, What further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue our recitation of the Catechism with our portion of the sacrament of holy baptism. What does such baptizing with water indicate? It indicates that the old Adam in us should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires, and that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. 
Where is this written? St. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. These uh, two readings in our catechism portion today all have a similarity. Sometimes they're polar opposites, but one is about a lie, and the other is about the promises of God and, and what God does when he does not lie, because he does not lie. Taken point, our reading from the small catechism we just read, and it has a wonderful promise, a truth that will happen. That because of baptism, that every day we shall now, because we are baptized, emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. And that promise continues where it says that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too will live a new life. Furthermore, a lot of times in scriptures and even one of the hymns we had on Sunday said that our baptism is actually completed in our death. Because it's only in our death that we have our resurrection, fully and final resurrection in Christ. And that's when the baptism comes to fulfillment. That's God's promise to you. He doesn't lie. He doesn't go back on his word, not for a second. Men and women do all the time. Look at Peter, the greatest of the twelve, if we can say that. And what did he do? denied Jesus three times, lied that he even knew him, even when he was confronted three times. That's what man will often do, but not God. God keeps his promises. And we see actually promises actually being kept in our Old Testament reading in this this, uh, discourse or dialogue we have between these two people, uh, Balak and Balaam. I know their names sound similar, but these are two different people. King Balak was a Gentile. He hated the Israelites, God's people, who had just moved in next door into the land of Israel. And uh, King Balak wanted them cursed. He wanted them to be wiped off the face of the earth. So he grabbed one of his own prophets, Balaam, who's a Gentile. Not a Jew, Gentile. And what's fascinating about this passage is that Balaam has heard of the Lord, the God of the Jews, and the Lord appears to Balaam. And instead of speaking a lie like Peter did, save his own skin, Balaam really put his life on the line because he stuck to God's word and the word that God gave him Multiple times when he stood before King Balak. And in one of them, Balaam testified to the truthfulness of God. That when God makes a promise, he sticks to it. He doesn't break his promises. And Balaam said this. This was a word that the Lord gave to to Balaam. God is not man that he should lie. Or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said And will he not do it? Has he spoken? And will he not fulfill it? 
You know, it's a wonderful promise for us Christians that when God says something in his word, he's not fooling around. He doesn't go back on what he says. His words might as well be etched in stone because they're unchanging. And why? For a simple reason. Our God is unchanging. So when he says he's going to do something, he is going to do it. He's not going to change his mind. He's not going to wimp out like the Apostle Peter, frankly, did when he was faced with his own mortality. God sticks to his guns. We see that especially when our Lord said that he came to suffer and die for us. And under that conviction, he did it, didn't he? He didn't back out. He didn't lie. He went through with it. As horrible as it was for our Lord, he did it. As he himself said on the cross, the final words, it is finished. And the the words in that have a nuance. It's not finished like you hit a finish line. No, it basically means what I've said has now been completed, fulfilled, finished, whole, complete, What was that? That ancient promise that, as Christ said, stood before the foundation of the world that he would save all of us through his suffering on the cross, the forgiveness of all of our sins, and through his resurrection from the dead, bring life and immortality to all of us Christians, and especially to those Christians whose remains we've laid to rest in the ground. They are not dead. They are alive in Christ. And why? Because that's his promise. And very simply, our God does not go back on his promises. He is not like the Apostle Peter who had that moment of weakness. He's not like us as we go back on our promises and our faithfulness to God. God is faithful always to you. Because that's his very nature. He cannot not be faithful. He always is faithful and loving and merciful because that's the very nature of who our God is. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.